You're listening to WCOM LP 103.5 FM Carborough and Chapel Hill. It's a Tuesday, it's five o'clock, and that only means one thing. It's time for another round of Snarky Faith with your host, Stuart Deloney. This is a space where we irreverently wrestle through life, culture, and spirituality, all with our heads in the clouds, our tongues in our cheeks, our hearts in our sleeves, and our feet on the ground. At Snarky Faith, the questions, or even the answers, are never the point. It's all about the conversation. So here's your host, Stuart Deloney. Well, good afternoon and welcome to another round of Snarky Faith Radio. I'm your host, Stuart Deloney. And yes, we're back again. Another week, more snark for the spiritually disenfranchised. And I wanted to start this off with a fun one. A fun article that somebody sent me. And, oh my gosh, it's great. This this comes from ChristianHeadlines.com. That's actually a website. I wouldn't have found this on my own. So thank you, anonymous person. Not so anonymous person that sent this to me. And the title of this pretty much sums up the entire article, which is always great when you have a title of an article that sums up everything so you really don't need to read. But guess what? I read it just for your own amusement. And it, <laughs> and it says, Google Home Devices Identify Muhammad, Buddha, and Satan. But, but... Shocker! It does not identify Jesus. What is wrong with artificial intelligence these days? Apparently, the evangelicals haven't gotten in this year. They've been focusing so much on politics, they haven't even thought about evangelizing the AI market. Oh my gosh, what a just what a ripe field for evangelism out there. And yes, so here's here's I'm gonna quote this article from them. And is it by, yes, it's by Veronica Nefinger. I, I really hope that's your name and this isn't a joke. But as far as I know, this is real. Maybe it's Babylon B. I don't really think it is. And so devices like Google Home, Amazon's Alexa, which can play our music, tell you the weather, answer various trivia, make phone calls, are becoming increasingly popular. And that is why we're concerned with a device that may be biased against Christianity. That's right. It's biased. The article continues saying, The Christian Post reports that television producer, author, and speaker David Sams did an experiment in which he compared the answers of Alexa with those in Google Home. And Sams reported that when he asked Google who Jesus Christ is, it responded, I'm sorry, I'm not sure how to help. (laughs) Well, if you look at the American landscape, especially with Christianity, I would actually answer the same question. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm not really sure who you're talking about. Are you the religious right Jesus? Are you the Jesus that actually loves people and cares about those in need? I don't know. Which one are you asking? Apparently, apparently, Google needs a little bit more help to define this. So yes, Sam's reported that when he has Google who Jesus Christ is, it responds, sorry, I'm not sure how to help, or my apologies, I don't understand. However, it was able to identify other religious figures such as Muhammad, Buddha, and Satan. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's that stupid. It's that crazy. And they're encouraging people to get in contact with Google to fix this. Because apparently this is a big issue? Like... Really? Really? 
Do we even need to be talking about this? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But I thought you guys would like that. And and if I want to put on my whole like uh, tinfoil, what it would be the Christian version of a tinfoil hat? I'm not even sure. Uh, but yes, if you want to put on your, let's get out there and rage for Jesus. Maybe people are calling for what? A boycott of this? I don't even know. This is insane. This is crazy. But this is really just downright stupid. Now, truth be told, I was challenged by a right-wing friend of mine, and I'm throwing up air quotes in the, in the air, even though you can't see his... Okay, maybe that's my sound effect for air quotes. Why don't you show the positive side of Christianity? You're always so negative on your show. Didn't really say it in that way. Um, but that's my mocking voice. So, so yes, I am always up for a challenge. I'm always up for ways to change. So, in the spirit of being quasi-challenged to not be negative about the faith that I love, but also the faith that I love to bash culturally speaking, I will proceed in our show to be positive. I will give us a moment of positivity. And it's actually going to sound like a moment of silence because that's really all I can handle right now. I'm sorry. I'm living in Trump's universe. I'm living in the universe of the religious right. So, sorry. Zip it, Stuart. Zip it, Stuart. Here's your moment of serenity and positivity. Okay, that's all I got. That's all I got. Sorry. I tried. I did it. Don't judge me based upon the fact that I apparently have no ability to be able to hold this stuff back. And also because why not? It's my show. It's fun. I like being snarky and sarcastic and funny. Well, only funny if you take it that way. And if you don't, then you can just say that I'm funny looking. So either way, funny is happening one way or another. But yes, let's continue. I'm sorry. Let's continue on to the joys, the joys, the joys of hypocrisy. Because why not? Why not? Why not? And basically, if you're looking for spiritual encouragement about the state of conservative Christianity, I'm actually sorry you've really come to the wrong place. Because what I'm going to do here now, next up we're going to show, is a conversation between Kenneth Copeland and Jesse Duplantis talking about, well, not talking. They are talking because they are moving their mouths. But they're really just defending their rights to have private jets. We've talked about certain conversations they've had before about how the Lord wants them to have these jets. And yes, and yes. I'll give you guys a snippet of this because, in all honesty, over this past week, I had a little touch of the flu. little touch of the flu uh, where things were coming out my mouth hole in the wrong way. And if I give you too much of this, you'll probably all feel like I was a couple days ago laying in bed and bleh. So I'll give you some snippets. I'll give you some snark. But again, I wish I could make this stuff up. But I can't, because it's real, folks. <laughs> but first, before I read the scripture, Amos chapter 6, Brother Copeland, I was flying home from a meeting, and I had come out of a glorious meeting. I had just finished, me and Cruffalo Dollar were preaching. 
So sweet, Jesus. That's like two-thirds of like the trifecta of evil here. <laughs> Duplantis coming out of a glorious meeting with Creflo Dollar. Oh my gosh. Like I didn't realize like the snake oil salesman and and oh my gosh, like that that folks like that, they have glorious meetings together, like on how to do people, on how to get rich and screw over people in the name of Jesus. I don't know. Maybe it was. Maybe it was a glorious meeting on how they can continue to bilk people in the name of Jesus. Maybe it is, but maybe we should keep listening. Had a glorious meeting. So I was, for lack of a better way to say it, I was spiritually high. I said, people yeah. were saved, yeah. touched, and blessed. Got in the plane that God so graciously gave us. We're flying home. As I was going home, the Lord, real quickly, he said, Jesse, do you like your plane? Now, you know, I thought that's an odd statement. He gave, I said, well, certainly, Lord. He said, do you really like it? And I thought, well, yes, Lord. He said, then he said this, so that's it? I didn't know how to handle that, but I went, what? He said, you're going to let your faith stagnate? And when he said that, that shocked me. I went, whoa, wait. I literally unbuckled my seatbelt, my plane, I stood up. My pilots looked right and said, do you need something? I said, no, no, I'm talking to God right now. And he, just, <laughs> and he went back to flying. I said, Lord, I don't think I was letting my faith stagnate. He said, so this is all I could ever do. I said, you want, you, you're trying to tell me something. Yeah, I think God's trying to tell you in this moment that he's apparently Oprah because when it comes to televangelists, you get a private jet, you get a private jet, we all get private jets! In the name of Jesus? And remind me why Alexa and Google Home don't know who Jesus is because when I hear these guys talk, I have no idea who Jesus is. But wait, there's more. He said, go to the book of Amos. So if you had the book of Amos, I want to read the may, scripture. May I right interrupt now. you there yes, for sir. a second? Mm -hmm. You couldn't have done that on an airliner. No, sir. No way. Stand up and say, what'd you say, Lord? No. Okay, no, yeah. And the guy sitting over there saying, what the hell does he think he's doing? <laughs> he can't do you that. You can't do that. No, no. Let me stop you right there, uh, good old Kenneth Copeland. Uh, can't do and shouldn't do are two different things. Now, pretty much all you both do in ministry, I would say you shouldn't do. You can do it because you continue to do this as long as the IRS doesn't get wind of all of this. But really, should you be doing this? Should you? I think that's a great question there. Like, what the hell is he doing? That's what the rest of us are asking. But it gets better. This, this is so important. And those of you that are, that are just now coming into these things, um, in, in the first place, Jesse and, 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 and I and, and others, Keith Moore and Creflo and all of us, they, the world is in such a shape. We can't get there without this. That's right. We've got to have this. We would have the mess that the airlines are in today. I would have to stop. I'm being very conservative. So first of all, we're at least getting wind that there is a Davos-like meeting, you know, where Trump is over like the past couple of days out in Davos with all the richest in the world, a summit of that manner. So this is apparently a some sort of a Christian BS summit that all of these folks hang around in. Like, how do they handle this? Like, I don't know how, like, slick and slimy and slippery, like, what hotel would host this kind of a thing? And then on top of this... Maybe it's better that they do have the jets because, honestly, if I'm flying in a jet, I don't want to sit next to any of these guys. I mean, bring me your Walmart people and put them next to me. I would rather sit next to them 
than these slime balls. But guess what? Guess what? It gets better. It gets better. At least 75 to 80, more like 90% of what we're doing, because you can't get there can't, from here. It's impossible. So we, we ha and, and this was such a good illustration, I just, mm -hmm. the, the Lord impressed me. That's why we're on that airplane. We can talk to oh, God. Glory we to can, God. We, it's true. We, it, it's, when I was flying for Oral Roberts, the uh, brother Deweese, my, my mm -hmm. boss on the airplane, he said, now, Kenneth, this is sanctuary. It protects the anointing on, on uh, uh, Brother Roberts. Roberts. And he said, you keep your mouth shut. Don't talk to him unless he talks. Because when he's on a meeting, he doesn't talk to anybody but God. Now, Oral used to fly airlines. Right. But it, even back mm -hmm. there then, man, mm -hmm. it, it got to the place where it was agitating his spirit, sure. people coming up to him. He right. had become famous, and they wanted him to pray for him and right. all that. So two quick questions. Two quick questions from that, that last little bit there. One, if you fly on normal airlines, your spiritual anointing is gone. It's gone, and it's covered by the stench of sitting on a Delta flight. I, I'm not exactly sure what you're trying to get at here, but apparently, remember this, Christians, the rest of us do not have a spiritual anointing because we have to fly on regular airlines. So good to know. Not sure where in the Bible that is, but since these guys said it, and apparently the Lord told them this, it must be true. And second point to this they're complaining that flying on commercial airlines would require them to be a pastor, to talk to people, to pray for people. And oh, Lordy, that's too much, too much for us. We're called to be pastors, but we are not called to be pastors. I'm really not sure what point they're trying to get at with this. Not at all. You, you can't. You, you can't manage that today. Right. The, this dope-filled world. Right. And get in an air. Get in a long tube with a bunch of demons. Right. That's exactly. The and it's it's deadly. And and it works on your heart. It really does. Well, I'm pretty sure these guys know what demons are because demons of a feather flock together. Televangelists of the same kind. Steal money from people in time? I'm really not good at, at rhyming or rapping, so please forgive me on that one. So I, anyway, I, I wanted to make that clear so the devil can't lie to you and say, see that, them preachers spending all that money, just, just fat cats riding around. No, we're not. We're in business. To do. Listen, I could scratch my flying itch with my little single-engine open-cockpit airplane. So quick question, did he just use scratching an itch and the word cock in the same sentence? I'm just going to let that one be. Right. I just come home, fly around in that, and scratch my flying itch. That doesn't have nothing to do with that. But right. we're, in, we're, in, we're in soul business here. Right. We, we got a dying world around us. Just, we got a dying nation around us. That's right. And we can't even get there on the And you, ca you can't. Let, let me give you an example before I read the scripture. It, some people say, why do you need an airplane? Ooh, that's a good question. A good and valid question. Why do you need an airplane? Let's hope. Let's hope they'll give us an answer that satisfies. But you know they won't. It started out about a couple of weeks ago. I, I was in Fort Worth. I preached for, on a, a Sunday, a Friday night and a Saturday. I was in Fort Worth preaching for Jerry Savelle. 
Sunday morning, I was in Boston, Massachusetts. Monday, I was in New Orleans. Tuesday, I was in Chicago. Wednesday, I was in Raleigh, North Carolina. Thursday, I was in New Orleans. Friday, I was in San Antonio, Texas. Saturday, I was in New Orleans. Sunday, I was in another city. I actually have a Delta captain that lives close to my house. I brought him that schedule. I said, can you fly this? He said, no, and I wouldn't. If <laughs> How, when do you sleep? Womp, womp. Poor guy. When does he sleep? When does he have time to do all of this BS? I, I have no idea. I'm in awe of the fact that he can get to so many places <laughs> and steal money from so many people in such a short amount of time. Thank God for private planes. We're about the On the airplane. On the airplanes. Come the only on. way I can grab it, see. Yeah. Now, when God is speaking this to me, he said, so this is all I could ever do. And I'm thinking, in, in myself, well, yeah, I, you know, this is a phenomenal aircraft you're giving us. He said, then when he said, you're going to let your faith stagnate, now that caught my attention. When God tells you your faith stagnating, yeah. you better start listening. Oh, yeah. So, and I thought, stagnating? You I'm, can't stay here. Yes. You got to do this or you're going to do this. He said this, you're on cruise control. You're moving, but no longer by your power. See? That's what the DVD is about. Mm, mm, that's good stuff. Because that's what the DVD is about. That you can purchase for three monthly installments of $59.95. So all of this leads up to the major news this week that Kenneth Copeland got a new jet. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that he got a new jet. You provided. He prayed. His faith didn't stagnate. And now, with other people's money, he has a $36 million jet. Which <laughs> he also has a video about, about how he gushes, about how great the Lord is. And guess what? I've got it for you. This is Friday, January the 12th, 2018. We took possession of the Gulf Stream 5, and we give God praise for it and thanksgiving. It is debt-free. This is a big deal, man. It's a big airplane. <laughs> hey, are you looking at this? Hey, are you seeing this? I hope so. You bought it. <laughs> you and Jesus. Oh, Kenneth Copeland, the greatest blessing I can tell you right now is go to hell. Seriously, go to hell. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't be nice about this. Screw yourself and go to hell. And yes, and I mean that <laughs> in the holiest nature that I can say this. Oh, my gosh. I one of the things I hate to see is the wealthy continuing to brag about their own wealth while the people suffer and perish. And he's bragging about the fact that he has this new jet debt free, debt free. Thank you to Jesus. What does Jesus have a charge card? What are you even talking about? Jesus isn't some sort of magic genie in a bottle. Jesus doesn't really promise us earthly treasures. Pretty sure that's biblically strong. Wait, let me think a second. It is. It's in the Bible. But that we as people that follow Jesus are supposed to be people that uh, are humble and meek and serve others. And all of this, not so much. 
Wait, not so much. Not at all. <laughs> oh, you are an a-hole. And you were just lucky that because I'm on the radio that I can't utter many, many colorful statements that are the full spectrum of my feelings about you right now at this moment. <laughs> but basically, screw you. So on the lines of me telling others in the Christian community to piss off or screw you that I say in the love of God. <laughs> Let's go ahead and talk about Trump and Story Daniels. What? That's so much fun. Actually, could really give two craps about Trump and wherever he sticks his little pee-pee hole um, places. But what I do want to talk about is how Christians like to respond to Trump and his Trumpiness. Oh, it's so fun. The hypocrisy is everywhere. You get hypocrisy. You get hypocrisy. You get hypocrisy. This is an all-Oprah show that we have happening today. It's a miracle. Oh, my gosh. I would be surprised if it hadn't already been prophesied about ahead of time. And, again, when I talk about these douchebags, when I spell prophesize, you remember you have to spell it like profit because money, money, money. See what I'm doing here? It's not even a really good pun, but yes. These guys like to say that they're prophets, but really they only care about profits. It's really hard to catch the nuance when I do this on the air, but I think you're getting it with the ka-ching, 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 that kind of a profit, if that helps. Does that point it out a little bit better? <laughs> yeah, I think it does. So speaking about douches without any excuses, that really doesn't rhyme. I was trying to make it happen, but it didn't. But regardless, let's talk about this. Let's talk about the defense of Trump and his porn star payoff. Oh my gosh, I love this. Because this comes from a source that is great journalism. That's right, Christian magazine Charisma. And if you have time on your hands and want to look up the Christian magazine Charisma, have fun. Because it is total nutter butters. But their, what is it, their founder, uh, Steve Strang. I mean, he's just one letter away from being Steve Strange. Either way, it fits. Uh, yes, he was interviewed recently and said that people who refuse to support Trump are like the biblical Pharisees of the day who plotted to undermine Jesus. What? And he went on to say this, and I'll quote him. Here he was, the promised Messiah. These are the people who practice Jewish law better than everyone else, and they had a mindset against him and couldn't see the truth. A lot of people get a mindset, and they think a certain way politically, and they just think that way, and they don't think for themselves. So hold on there. Hold on there, Steve Strange. Strang, but I know. Steve Strange. Really? So we're talking about people who can't think for themselves? People that, what, uh, are just kind of go blindly following like sheep against uh, your leaders like Franklin Graham, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Those people? Okay, wait, wait, which Pharisees are you talking about? Oh my gosh, I don't know. But yes, Strang, like many other people that are supporting Trump right now, is voicing out the fact that those that don't support Trump or anyone that dares to speak out 
against the MAGA brand are mean-spirited and blind. He goes on to say, Don't we all know Christians throughout history have twisted facts to go along with their preconceived ideas? <laughs> wait, oh my gosh, wait. Is he talking about himself in like the third person? I don't really know here. He continues saying, it's one reason why Christians sometimes have a bad reputation in some circles because a lot of times they are narrow-minded and mean-spirited. And I'll tell you, some of the never-Trumpers were really, in my opinion, mean-spirited in a way that they went after him. Really? Really? And he continues saying, if he prayed, speaking of he as Trump, if he prayed to accept Christ... Isn't that the kind of definition of being an evangelical, even if it has not been one for over the... What is he even talking about? What is he even talking about? And it's amazing. It's making my mind like explode trying to think about this, trying to think about what all is going on when folks are trying to be able to defend Trump from a religious perspective, political perspective, I get it. I understand. You have your ideologies. You have your own pet projects. You have your own things that you care about. And if this dumb tool can bring about what you want, you'll use it. I get that politically. But religiously speaking, religiously speaking, from a place where people are supposed to have, mm, their faith is supposed to inform their ideals, their morals, uh, the Bible should inform how they act and treat others, you know, that kind of a thing. And oh my gosh, it's been amazing trying to watch Christian evangelical leaders head spin as they try to come up with answers for Trump and the Stormy Daniels thing. Which actually, I'm glad they're trying now. Like, back during the Access Hollywood tapes? What were they doing then? I don't know. They were, what, sitting on their hands or flying in their private jets? Or maybe they were just trying to ask Alexa what to do. I have no idea. But we find ourselves at this point where folks that have claimed to be the voice of reason and the voice of the Lord are now having a little bit of trouble defending Trump. Which, again, anybody that gets into a boat where you're going to need to defend Trump over and over, you realize like that boat is rowing towards crazy city right away. Because the idea of somehow reconciling core Christian values, like the teachings and the ways of Jesus, and the ways and the BS of Trump, those two things don't really mm, gel. They don't really get along. So how can it happen? How can we do this? How can we, you know, make it all work so we keep getting paid at the end of the day? Is that really what this is about, money and power? It can't be about that because Christianity is not about money and power. Well, scripturally, it's not. <laughs> but, oh, America, with your capitalistic, materialistic ways, oh, how you've taken and warped Christianity. 
That's another conversation, which we've covered in past shows and will probably cover in future shows. But let's go ahead and get into this. So one of the first to come to Trump's defense about his little stormy thing that he did, his little time was stormy, and then his paid hush-hush money. I mean, I want to go ahead and say this. Okay. So when we talk about Trump paying off Stormy Daniels, was $130,000? That's not Gulfstream Kenneth Copeland money. So if we're talking about this in like evangelical televangelist terms, <laughs> that's a write-off. That's just that's just a little thing that we do just to brush people aside so they can quit talking and we can keep what we call preaching, but really it just means bilking people, milking people for Money, 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 money. And what does this have to do with Jesus? Which is why I do this show. Let me think for a second. What does this have to do with Jesus? I may need another moment of silence. If you remember, if you caught the beginning of the show where I was challenged by somebody that was kind of one of these right-wing warriors that told me I need to be more positive when I talk about Christianity. And I'm... Earlier, where I was supposed to have at least moments where I was positive, and I took a moment of silence. I'm going to take a moment of silence right now because I'm really trying to figure out how Trumpiness and Christianity come together, how they are congruent, how they can, you know, dance well. Okay, that's it. I thought about it. I got nothing. I really got nothing. I got zero zilch. Pretty much what the rest of you are thinking. If you've lasted this long into the show. Because again, those that would probably oppose what I'm saying right now. What are we, like 30 minutes into the show? Yeah, <laughs> they've long left. And gone ahead and said their curses and or prayers for or against me in this. But guess what? I don't give a care. Um, I'm the dude with the mic. And that's how this show rolls. So let's go ahead and just hear from Family Research Council's Tony Perkins. He was in an interview, and these are what he said in order to defend, defend, defend his right-wing wet dream. Trump. Evangelicals did not vote for Donald Trump based on his moral qualifications but based upon what he said he was going to do and, and, and who he was surrounding himself with. We kind of gave him, all right, you, you, you get a mulligan. You get a, you get a do-over here. You, you can start. <laughs> a mulligan for 70 years of his <laughs> life. <laughs> hey, the, the guy committed, he's, this is what he's committed to. Right. And as long as he commits to that and continues on that, he will have the support of evangelicals. From a policy standpoint, he has delivered more than any other president in my lifetime. So I believe I said this last week that we have entered the stages of American Christianity where it has become completely Machiavellian, where the end justifies the mean. Perkins is saying here, in a weird way of being able to justify his continued support of this amoral sexual predator moron in chief that well 
As long as he gives us policies that give us a little tingle in our dingle, Christians are okay with that. If you're new to the show, I use stupid voices when I'm being horribly sarcastic and dismissive of the morons that are saying this. And morons is a nice term that I would use. Simply because this isn't simply just a podcast. This is actually on the air. I would rather say so many more words. I have a very big foul vocabulary. Believe me, people. Ah, evangelicals will continue to be behind him regardless of what he does as long as they push forward political agendas that make evangelicals happy? This is sick. And if you remember, last week, we were talking about Dietrich Bonhoeffer and how the Protestant churches in Germany rolled over and said, can I have another, please, sir? To Adolf Hitler. So I love, I love, I love, I love, I love how stupid and short-sighted and power-hungry the evangelicals have become. Tony Perkins, what are you anymore? What is wrong? Well, anymore. Again, that would actually, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Pause, pause, pause. Me saying that statement would assume that I have actually <laughs> respected Tony Perkins at any moment in history, which I have not, which I have not. But sweet, sweet, holy Jesus. Can you even hear yourself talk? Can you even hear the hypocrisy in this? Actually, and screw that, screw that. Not even hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is nice. This is just flat out blind and evil, what is being said about this. That the president gets a free pass, gets an absolute free pass, as long as he continues to make evangelical power brokers happy sick yes deluded check and does anything of this have to do with the ways and teachings of jesus well hell no i'm sorry like most of this show so far up until this point i feel like i've devolved into a shock jock in this because my mind is just blowing up and I don't, I don't expect the religious right. I don't ex expect the evangelicals to do the right thing. I really don't. But like, I do expect some small shred of decency. Or at least, at least, at least, like with Mike Pence, just lie to me. Just lie to me. That <laughs> you're not a complete hack and a tool and have sold out every ounce and every bit of your faith. To get what you want. Because that's what's happened here. There's nothing here. The evangelicals have no ground to stand on. As they continue to defend Trump. I mean seriously. 
I mean, I want to think about these people, like the Franklin Grahams. I want to think about the Tony Perkins. I want to think about all these guys that, like, even, 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 I'm going to dig deep. I'm going to dig deep into the sewers of Christianity, the Jim Bakers and the Kenneth Copelands that continue to defend this monster in chief. And do it in the name of Jesus. And even, even when we talked about the founder of a Charisma magazine, whatever the hell that is, where they continue to call people Pharisees and call them out in biblical terms. Because here, here, here's my one issue. Here's my one issue. And this is a total aside, but it's something that was pissing me off that I actually talked to my wife about this week. So in Christianity, if you are the uninitiated, if you have not been around Christian circles for many, many years or been influenced by seminary and denominations and all this other BS that I have. So for those of you, when it comes to like interpreting scripture, it can be a highly divisive process. And why is scripture a highly divisive process? Well, it's divisive because in many ways, you're taking, uh, you're taking words that were written in ancient Hebrew or it could be Aramaic, or it could be Greek. You're, you're taking words and then translating them into English in a language we can understand. And the act of translating um, leaves, leaves room for interpretation, right? You know, it, it isn't like a seamless, like, one-to-one kind of conversation or conversion that we have here. And I get that. Like, I, I, can, I can understand that there is a lot of times in Christian theological circles that there is, there's healthy discussion that surrounds, you know, what do words mean? And, you know, what does love mean in this, in this situation? What does this mean in this situation? And that's healthy because again, we're taking ancient texts and trying to apply them into modern context. Again, healthy. And people should wrestle through these things. Um, but what I've seen especially going back to the S-hole comments. Gosh, I wish I could say the whole thing. But going back to the S-hole comments that Trump had even made a few weeks ago, we begin to see people almost exegeting Trump like they would Scripture. Except the only problem I have with this is, this is English-to-English translation. We hear what you're saying, Donald. We understand you. You are not a complicated man or a complicated thinker. We get you. You've got like 88 words of vocabulary that you use and churn over and over again. I know you're a stable genius in your words, even though I'm not quite sure you understand what the word genius means. But when you see Christians fighting and trying to fight to defend this moron in chief, it is mind-boggling. It is faith-boggling. I'll say that again, and it's a stupid statement I just made, but it is faith-boggling. Faith-boggling meaning for those that would choose to say that they follow Jesus. For those that would choose to say that the words of Jesus Christ matter and influence the way I live my life, that the ways and words of Jesus influence the way I view the world and how I live everything that I do, 
Where do politics and Donald Trump fit in any of them? It reminds me back uh, to scriptures where Jesus is confronted with a rich young ruler. And this rich young ruler comes up to Jesus and says, Jesus! Because again, remember, he's a rich ruler. And he's young, but that doesn't have anything to do with this. So the rich young ruler comes up to Jesus and says, what do I need to do to inherit the kingdom of God? He's like, I've done everything bigly. And Jesus responds to him and says this, which would be my response to Donald Trump. Sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And the story goes, the rich young ruler turns away, dejected, walks away, womp womp, is the way the story goes. And as we've been talking about this entire hour, all these people, all these power brokers, the Copelands, all these other a-holes that we've talked about, if you apply that simple story, and it isn't that Jesus necessarily hates wealth. That, that isn't that Jesus is anti-wealth. Jesus is anti-empathy. I'm sorry, that sounded wrong. Jesus is anti-people that have no empathy. Now, <laughs> with my little faux pas a few seconds ago, would probably fit most Christian leaders today. They would assume that Jesus is anti-empathy for people that are dreamers, people that are immigrants, people that are struggling in life today. But Jesus' answer to the rich young ruler in all of this is simply this. All that you have and all that you do should be devoted to helping people and not yourself. Wait, Kenneth Copeland, hear that again? Hear that again in your private chat? Not that you're listening. That one of the core tenets of Christianity is that you are supposed to love others, help others, and absolutely give of yourself sacrificially. And yes, I pronounced every syllable of that word so you could hear that. It's like when you talk to your kids and you overemphasize words just so they get the point of what you're trying to say. I'll say this again to America. Jesus calls people, and this is the core tenet of Christianity, Love others, love your neighbor, love your enemy. So guess what? Spoiler, there's a lot about love. You are supposed to self-sacrificially give of yourself to others. If someone is lacking, you are called to give of what you have to them. And I know oftentimes in this show, it may seem theologically light, but I'll tell you, some of this is theologically deep in the fact that what the hell are you not getting, Christians? Are there those that are suffering? Yes. Well, then go help them. Are there those that are living in fear? Dreamers? Immigrants? Then go help them. Are those that are being oppressed? and marginalized. Hello, LGBTQ community. 
go and be a voice for them, not against them. And the religious right knows none of these things. In that moment, I'm reminded of such a meme, such a meme like this. You know nothing, Jon Snow, or you know nothing, American Christianity. You know nothing. <laughs> well, this is easy, Donald Trump, because you're a moron. So all of that, all of that, all of that to be said leads me to this, which is a discussion that they were having about the Stormy Daniels issues and the evangelicals defending Trump on Hardball with Chris Matthews. I've never heard Faustian bargains described so well. I mean, basically, they say, as long as you're with us on the issues, you're off. Well, and Chris, they're giving up all the moral authority here. I mean, that's the thing. You know, these people, the evangelicals, come to the political game, supposedly there to bring their moral authority from their faith. But then they do deals with people like Donald Trump, and they lose it all. That I think for a long time that they've been willing to sort of sit underneath the same tent with people who are absolutely not living up. But in all fairness, the, the they gave a lot faith. of moral credit to Barack Obama for being a good husband and a good father and never messing around anything like that. He was always a good man. Right. Remember they how they used no to for that. remember right. how they used to give credit, lavish credit on him? Not a minute. Yeah. Right. Not, not a minute. Yeah. But you know, it makes, them, it makes the, the the evangelical community just like every other lobbying group in town. It makes them just like the NRA, which is they means want stuff. They want stuff, and if you give them that stuff, then they'll support you. I, my, I have a very simple admonition at this point. Just shut the hell up and don't ever preach to me about anything ever again. <laughs> I don't want to hear it because after telling me how to live my life, who to love, what to believe, what not to believe, what to do, and what not to do, and now you sit back and if the prostitutes don't matter, yeah. the grabbing the you know, you know what doesn't matter, the, the outright behavior and lies don't matter. And this is where we're at with American Christianity. That as long as you are lobbying and serving your base, Nothing matters. And that is a scary thing. And I loved what the former RNC chairman, Michael Steele, had to say about this. That don't <laughs> preach to me and shut the hell up. Because really what this means is show your stripes. Show what you're about. Stop trying to hide behind faith in Jesus and religion and everything else, and really just shut the hell up and own up to the fact that really the Republican right, the conservative base, has become just like the NRA. They are a lobbying group that is trying to push their agenda and their message forward. And all of this has nothing, zero zilts, nothing to do with Jesus which I should remind people out there, I know, it seems obvious, but Jesus is kind of like the central point of Christianity. And I know I've said this before, it was, it was like many, many, many moons ago, but this is one of my observations, especially of the conservative Christian. The conservative Christian gets off on Old Testament God. And they also get off on New Testament Paul. So there's this weird deal when you actually look at the Bible where you're like, I like angry God and I like angry Paul. Which is like the latter half. Not, It's not all Paul. I'm being 
facetious and overbearing in how I'm saying this. But what they end up doing is they kind of like they're high on the Old Testament anger and they're good on what you can interpret Paul is is angry and white because um, he was. But what they tend to do is they tend to actually downplay Jesus and anything else but like salvation and holidays. Like we're good with Jesus on Christmas and Easter. He serves a purpose. His words, they're a little challenging. They sound a little socialist and communist. We don't like that. But we'll take the rest of the Bible. And when people like to say that like, oh, the Bible is literal truth from the beginning to the end. But you leave out Jesus? That's kind of problematic, folks. That's kind of a big deal. It's not a small thing. It's a big deal. It's huge deal. It's bigly. Believe me. I'm just trying to use words that work on Trump supporters right now. But what I want then for us to end the show. For us to move towards the landing of the plane, of the Gulfstreamer that is Kenneth Copeland's masturbatory televangelistic or tan or televangelistical glory, whatever it is, it's disgusting. However, I've set this up. So in how we're landing this show, I want to bring up something that I find fascinating and interesting. And it comes from an article that I read by uh, Sky Palma in Dead State. And the article is entitled this, Satanic Temple successfully argues that Missouri's abortion laws violate their religious freedom. And before I even dig into this, which is fascinating, fascinating, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, religious right, you have set a precedence for Satanists to follow. Not follow in your footsteps, but a precedence. <laughs> and in a certain weird, snarky, sarcastic, and caustic sense, I applaud Satanists for doing this because, again, let me just go ahead and speak without crazy words and tones here. There is what I believe to be the faith uh, of Jesus the teachings of Jesus, which I feel like are core to Christianity. Now, for those of you that would not say they believe in all of that, I would tell you that whatever American Christianity is has nothing really to do with Jesus anymore. If you haven't listened to the rest of the show today and heard me railing on these things, I do believe there is something true and deep and life-changing to the life and the teachings of Jesus Christ. And I will continue to come back to that on the show. But I will continue to mock whatever it is that we call American Christianity. Okay? So that's the distinction I make here. And because of American Christianity, which is funny, American Christians, guess what? They don't love Satanists. They think Satanists are bad guys. They're bad guys. But You've created a groundwork <laughs> that Satanists are following. Oh, look at what you have done. Which almost sounds like lyrics from a Taylor Swift song. 
So let me go ahead and quote this article for you. So this Tuesday, just a couple days ago, uh, the Satanist temple will be arguing their case in front of Miss, uh, Missouri Supreme court after convincing an appeals court that the state's mandatory 72 hour waiting period before having an abortion violates their religious freedom. See Christians, <laughs> this is how it works. You trying to use politics to push your own religious freedoms to not bake a cake is backfiring in your face. And people that would claim they're devoted to Satan are using your own arguments. So the article goes on to say this. So they uh, specifically, and they're quoting from the satanic temple specifically her uh the letter advised that she has deeply held religious beliefs that a non-viable fetus is not a separate human being but is just part of her body and that an abortion is a non-viable fetus uh does not terminate the life of a separate unique living human being uh says that mary does uh which is the person that's involved in this uh, religious freedom is being trampled upon. So I love this. I love this. I've never said this before in my entire life. I'm actually siding with the Satanists, politically speaking, because guess what? The Christians have tried and tried and tried to push their religious agenda, which they would call religious freedoms, uh, upon the state. And now the Satanists are using their same playbook. So guess what, Christians? Look what you've done! Look what you made me do. Look what you made me do. Christians have bought, uh, have fought for having the Ten Commandments in places, having prayer put back in schools. Even though, how do you take prayer out of anything? Oh my gosh. It's actually fascinating, humorous, and funny to be able to watch Christians' playbook being used against them. It happens. It happens. It happens. Because guess what? Christianity is not meant to be a political platform. It's not to be meant to be something that is pushed forward through political agendas and everything else. Christianity is simply meant to be a way of life that you live and a God that you serve in the way that you walk out your faith, hopefully helping others and caring for those that are less than in your culture and loving people that don't believe like you do. Christianity, you have majorly effed up. And as I will close here towards this show, I'm going to go ahead and quote Bono. So Bono quoted this in his Grammy performance, saying, Blessed are the asshole countries, for they gave us the American dream. Blessed are the arrogant, for theirs there is the kingdom of their own company. Blessed are the superstars for their, their for the magnificence in their own light. We understand better our own significance. Blessed are the filthy rich, for you can only truly own what you give away like your pain. Christianity is not about any of this BS, folks. But I'll be back again another week to be able to poke holes in the fact that Christians have missed the point yet again, yet again, yet again, yet again. So again, I release you this week with grace and peace and tell you to go live in love um, in your spheres and with those that you interact with. Uh, if you enjoy this broadcast, just a reminder, you can catch us on a podcast at www.snarkyfaith.com. This is Stuart, and I'm out of here this week, but I will be back again next week. I'm out of here. Peace! WCOM is listener-supported community radio, and Snarky Faith is only possible through our sponsors. 
Lumen, a spiritual community of seekers, sojourners, question askers, doubters and skeptics, is a collective of fellow travellers that embrace the truth that all of life is sacred, hope is real, and tomorrow can be a better day than today. All are welcome. You can find more information at www.lumencommunities.com.